13, verses 18 to 23. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that is sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once, receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. I kind of want to just keep worshiping. Uh, thank you, and that was, that was great. Are we good? Can I go? Yeah, we're good. Well, good morning, church. Uh, it's a privilege to be speaking again this summer. And it's hard to believe that summer is coming to an end. It seems that seasons are about to change. If you've been down in the river valley, perhaps you've seen leaves changing color, and you want to get out a paintbrush and paint them green again, and put them back up on the tree to keep fall from coming. And I think in only about 10 days, I think students are headed back to school. And so this morning I start my message by being the bearer of bad news. School is coming. Um, And I can vividly remember kind of this season in the summer growing up. This was the week of to-do lists. The running around, you're getting haircuts, you're buying new backpacks, you're making sure that you have shoes for gym class that won't scuff the floor. Um, The parents are frantically making sure that you have all that you need. And I have this one memory, and I I think it was my older brother. Um, My family got his school supplies list from from the school. And we went off to the store and we started buying all the things on this list. And um, I think, you know, this is like grade one, so my mom's wanting to get it right. So she's buying absolutely everything on this list. She's buying the right crayons, she's buying the right notebooks and all these different things. And we get all of this home and we unload it onto the kitchen table. And as a family, we start labeling everything. And my brother's name's Donovan, so we're writing Donovan on every crayon. We're writing Donovan on every pencil, on every notebook, because heaven forbid that his stuff gets lost in the mix of the classroom. And then Donovan goes to school um, very excitedly and he gets there and the first thing the teacher has them do is open up all their school supplies and put them in a pile on the floor and the teacher went to sort each item into bins so all the students could share. Um, So that's a bit of a funny story and I I think about that though that this week leading up to a new season it's, it's important that we prepare our children for school. Why do we prepare them for school? Well, we want them to be successful. We want them to get into the classroom, we want them to sit down, we want them to learn so that their time at school will prove fruitful in their lives. And we do this too. When we prepare to go back to work, we prepare uh, to get back into regular routine. We're we're planning, we're scheduling, we're we're grocery shopping, we're, we're checking to make sure everything's stocked up because a new season is about to begin. And we want 
to engage in a new season in such a way that we experience success, that we experience fruitfulness. You know, Jesus taught about fruitfulness in the, the parable of the seed and the soils. And he teaches that fruitfulness comes to people when their hearts are ready to receive. Fruitfulness comes to people when their hearts are ready to receive. And it's interesting in this parable because as Jesus is teaching about um, fruitfulness, the thing that we quickly will ask is, well, what is this fruit? Or what are these seeds that the sower is, is, is sowing? And I want to take us first to 2 Timothy chapter 3 because I think we get a really good glimpse at, at what this seed is and what it's all about. And we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul is writing to young pastor Timothy, and he teaches him a, a bit more about what Scripture is, or what, what God's Word is. And he says these words, that all Scripture is breathed out by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That the man of God may be complete, Equipped for every good work. You might say that the man of God may be fruitful. That there be this, there's a sense of, of completion. That you've, you've done all that was asked of you. And when we read 2 Timothy 3.16, we get a sense here too that, that God's word is sufficient. That within scriptures we have lessons and teachings and instruction for us that is profitable to us in every area of our lives. You know, I'm a huge believer in this. That the Word of God isn't just sufficient to teach us things about God, but that it's sufficient to teach us in every area of life. That is, it is sufficient for us for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness that we may be complete. And in a sense, this passage is echoing for us a bit of the parable of the sower. That as Paul is writing these words, this principle of fruitfulness is being echoed. And it's interesting, it's, it's almost as if Paul's saying, you know, get in the Word, because when you're in the Word, you're going to experience fruitfulness in life. And, and in kind of the same sort of understanding, we send our kids to school and we say, go to school, pay attention, do everything you need to so that school may be fruitful and beneficial for you. But it's interesting in the parable of the sower, because we quickly see that there's a hindrance to fruitfulness. That there's a hindrance to fruitfulness or the successfulness of this seed, God's Word. And Jesus clearly lays that out for us. And Jesus' words here in Matthew 13, I think, are, are quite heavy. And if we back up a little bit from what uh, Dana's read for us, uh, we read these words that Jesus says that uh, he's quoting from the prophet. He says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's hearts have grown dull, and with their eyes they can barely, with their ears they can barely hear, with their eyes they have, they, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. And Jesus goes on to say, but blessed are your eyes, he's speaking to the disciples, for they see, and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. My question for us this morning is, are we hearing but not understanding? Are we seeing but not perceiving? 
You know, and as you look back on this past year, when you look back on uh, different small groups maybe that you've been in or Sunday services that you've attended, different interactions with people, things that you've interacted with the Word of God, would you say that you have grown? Would you say that you have developed a deeper understanding or a deeper love for Jesus than you did a year ago? And there's, there's many ways for us to interpret the parable of the seed and the sower. We could talk about evangelism. We could talk about different areas of theology. But this morning, I want to ask us this question, uh, which is, how is your heart? When it comes to this, this season of preparing for, preparing for the fall, preparing to head back to work, preparing to get back into school, are you thinking about preparing your heart? How is your heart? Is it postured to receive? And as we head into this, new, this fall, we've been really busy here at the church office during the week planning and preparing for next year. We're thinking about things like Alpha. We're thinking about things like home groups. And in each one of these, it's our prayer and our desire as a, as a pastoral staff that you would interact more with the Word of God and with one another. And through that interaction, you would grow. And you're going to be interacting with the Word of God and with seeds in all sorts of different ways. Every time we sing songs as a worship team, there's a sense of interacting with the Word of God as our songs are written and and based on the Word of God. When maybe you're sitting in a coffee shop and discussing faith with, with someone or a mentor, there's a sense of interacting there with the Word of God. And in all of these interactions, every time you interact with with seeds of God's kingdom, are you receiving them? Are you receiving them? And our prayer on this topic needs to come from verse 14 of Matthew 13. Our prayer needs to be this, that, Lord, I do not want to be ever hearing and seeing, but not perceiving. Lord, I do not want to be ever hearing and seeing, but not perceiving. It's a prayer that says, Lord, I, I want to be fruitful. God, when I hear your word, when I, when I see other believers living and engaging in your word, and I feel, um, feel a sense in me that I want to be like that, or I want to change. Lord, I don't want to just see it. I don't want to just hear it, but I actually, I want to change. Lord, when your word talks about fruitfulness, I, I want to be fruitful. Lord, when your word talks about experiencing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, Lord, all these good things, I want to experience them in my life. And if that's your prayer, if you can agree with me that that is your prayer, I think the parable of the sower has something to teach each of us this morning. And I believe that it illustrates to us that our fruitfulness or our growth or our progression and our journey as disciples, our journey in relationship with Jesus is dependent on our readiness and our ability to cultivate these seeds and to receive these seeds. Are we preparing our lives for fruitfulness in our, in our Christian lives as much as we are preparing ourselves for success in other areas of our lives? So we're going to dive into this text, and, and Jesus is a great text. It's a lot of fun. Um, and he really lays it out so clearly with these, these four different soil and what we're going to call heart conditions this morning. And before we dive in, I just want to give a bit of a, a context to this, that I don't see these heart conditions as progressive. 
Uh, it's not that you go from having um, a hard heart to a shallow heart to a thorny heart to a good heart. It's not like that. But as I illustrate these and talk about them, I encourage you to, to think, are there areas in my life, in my own heart, where I'm hard towards God, where my heart is maybe shallow? And I, I think that there's this reality that we could move in and out of these different soils in different ways. So bear with me as we, as we journey through them together. And again, our prayers, we head into this. Lord, I do not want to be ever hearing and seeing, but not perceiving. So we'll start here in, in verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So the first picture we get here in this text is this hard heart. And Jesus illustrates the hard heart by, by saying that it's kind of like a really hard path. Now I want you to picture in your heads a path or a road. Maybe there's lots of traffic. It's really loud. It's really busy. There's a hustle and bustle going on. People are rubbing shoulders and bumping into each other. And in a sense, that path is functioning in the way that it was meant to. A path is constructed so that it can be walked upon, so that lots can take place on top of it. But this busyness, the come and the go, the running here and there, Jesus is kind of illustrating for us that it's that busyness and that, that hustle and the bustle that can lead to the conditions of a hard heart. And why is that? Well, Jesus makes a really simple observation that if the soil or the ground is too hard, it just can't receive a seed. It just can't. And the traffic that's taking place in the mind or the heart of this person produces distractions that result in a lack of understanding, which is what Jesus says here in verse 19. And I think, unfortunately, the, the busyness and the, the traffic that can lead to this hardness at times can be to the fault of the hearer. That the, the person has allowed the words that they've heard or the seed that's come upon them to go in one ear and out the other. And they're very simply unaware of the value that they have heard. The hard heart leads to a mindless and careless attention to the message. A mindless and careless attention to the message. And I have to say, even as I was studying and preparing for this, man, this really convicted me. You know, and I think of how often when I'm reading God's Word or interacting with, with Scripture in a small group context or whatever it is, that the Word goes in one ear and out the other. And how often I give a mindless and careless attention to what I'm hearing and to, and to what, what's been spoken to me. And the result of that is that it just, it can't produce fruit. It's like the seed has come in and it tries to, tries to, take root, but it just bounces out the other ear because the soil is just so hard. But when we look at the Word of God, if we really believe that God's words to us are of value, if we really believe that God has spoken to us through this Word, that when we sit down and open this book, that we are in a conversation with the living God who created the universe, who loves us deeply, if we understood this, then hopefully it would compel us to see that the soil of our hearts needs to be plowed. That work needs to be done to make the seed take root. 
Unfortunately, a hard heart that's been made hard by the busyness and rush of our culture and of the world, unfortunately, fortunately it leads to a busyness that we're too busy to even allow the road to be plowed. And besides, plowing the road would defeat the purpose of the road, wouldn't it? Because I don't want to slow down. I don't want to stop being busy. I don't want to take the time. I got too much going on, too many commitments. Consequently, the seed gets stolen. And we read that here that the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in the heart. And this passage is so interesting because it really speaks to the value of the seed. Satan has no interest in allowing that the seed would take root in someone's life and that they might actually experience change. Satan fears that we would ever take a second to examine the seed. He fears that we would see the life-giving potential of a seed. He fears that we would see the seed as an agent of change. So he takes it away. So this busyness and traffic becomes the downfall of this heart condition. And it makes me think of even when I'm doing devotions, and it leads me to ask this question of, of when I am reading God's Word, and, and the traffic of maybe my iPhone goes off, or I get distracted, or a thought pops into my head. It's important for us in those moments to slow down. Because as soon as those distractions come, it's as if we've blown a whistle, calling the birds to come and eat the few seeds that have fallen upon us. Martin Luther has this great quote uh, that reads that we can't stop the birds from flying over our heads, but we must take heed lest they build a nest in our hair. (laughs) Which is a pretty funny picture. But I think if we examine our hearts, we can see areas in our lives where, you know, that's what's taking place. And when we think about our devotional lives or the ways that we come to church, I just want to encourage you, slow down. Take a minute. If there's busyness and clutter, just say, Lord, I feel really distracted today. You know, it's sitting down in front of the Word and saying, God, I I understand that your Word has a life-giving power, and and I really want that to do a work in my heart. But God, I'm so distracted. Help me to receive. Help me to receive. We can't receive these seeds unless we stop and see the value in them. Slow down. Do some tilling. And pray that the seeds would take root. Jesus moves on to explain the second soil condition, which we'll call the shallow heart. It starts in verse 20. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one that hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So this heart is a little bit different than the hard heart. We might read about the shallow heart and say, okay, we're, we're a little better off, maybe. Um, you know, the, the seed's actually gotten in there a little bit. But we still have a problem because the seed's not able to take root because this, the soil is just too shallow. The shallow heart is then after a message because it's simply maybe hearing what it, it wants to hear. And it's interesting when you think of the context of this passage. We have Jesus teaching, and I just love the, the Gospel of Matthew. You know, it, you interact with Jesus in such a cool way as he goes from these long teaching discourses to him moving around and interacting with people. 
And so here we have him teaching, and there's all these people who are gathering around Jesus, and they want to hear what he has to say. You know, and just imagine if we announced, next week Jesus is teaching at TCC. You know, we would pack this place out. People would come from all over to hear this teacher, Jesus. He's a pretty famous guy. And we'd fill the, all of the pews would be filled, and everyone would be anxiously wanting to, waiting to hear what he has to say. And I think we get a glimpse in the Gospels that this is kind of what's going on. You know, Jesus was very popular because his message was so different from that of the Pharisees. Because he was challenging the Pharisees. He was saying things that um, people hadn't heard before. And not only that, but he was doing these amazing miracles. So people wanted to come and they wanted to hear what he had to say. But what's interesting is that when his message got too difficult, or his message got too hard... Or when people started saying, I don't really like what you're saying. Or maybe they're saying, whoa, 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 you're you're telling me I have to change the way that I'm living? These people quickly run off. They don't want to hear it. The best example of this is in John chapter 6 when Jesus is is saying things like, I am the bread of life. I am the blood. Um, You got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people are like, whoa, 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 what are you saying? And so people desert him because his sayings were too hard. And it is these types of people that have a shallow heart. So we have a lot of Jesus' hearers that were like this, and I think there's a lot of us who can be like this from time to time. We can get excited because a sermon sounds really good. We can get excited because a podcast really captures our attention, and we really like what the speaker is saying, and it's great. But when it comes to actually living out what we've heard, When it comes to putting into practice the things we've heard, or when we get challenged on what we've heard, we quickly fall away. That's the shallow heart. It's a surface Christianity. It doesn't accept the hard truths of Jesus. But if a seed has truly taken root in someone's life, if what the Word of God says is actually taken root, it's important that change takes place. But if someone isn't willing to change... That seed can't put roots down into the soil. And so the sun comes, which challenges the seed, and it just shrivels up and it dies. You know, and each of us can have a shallow heart. We can sit in a sermon and nod along to the message. We could give a hearty amen, although none of us in here would dare do that. But we could, amen, you know. We can engage with the speaker and get very excited about what they're saying. But when push comes to shove, no change has actually taken place in our hearts. You know, this is what James is addressing when he says that we need to be doers of the word, not merely hearers. And that as we engage in doing the word, as we let it challenge us where we're at, that's when the roots actually start to go down deep. With a shallow heart, we can talk all day about our knowledge or our understanding of God. But with all the learning, maybe life change hasn't actually taken place. And Jesus says here in verse 21 that persecution inevitably comes. It says, yet he has no root in himself. He endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Immediately. And I think that there's two types of persecution that can happen, or two types that I've experienced. Um, The first is persecution from the outside. And I wrestled with this a lot when I was in high school, junior high. Um, 
And when it came to living out my faith in school, you know, and when it came to maybe being different than my friends, you know, you get made fun of. People, you know, they, they look at you like, man, why are you saying this, you know? Um, and maybe you have friends who don't want to hang out with you or don't want to spend time with you. Or maybe there's things you don't want to engage in because you know that what that friend group is doing is wrong. And so, so you don't engage with them and, and suddenly you find yourself maybe without friends. So there's a certain persecution in this of not fitting in, of feeling embarrassed about the gospel, of living differently than those around you, saying no to watching certain television shows or listening to certain types of music. A persecution comes as maybe you dress differently than those around you. When you say that, you know, I, I, I love what God's word says and I want to live in it, and, but people look at you and say, eh, you don't really fit in here. Maybe you experience this as a parent when you raise your children in a way that is different than the culture around you is telling you to raise your children. People push on that. Why are you doing that? Why do you make a big deal out of this? Why don't you just do what we're doing? And this persecution can cause the seed to shrivel up and die. Another type of persecution might come from yourself. And this is when the word rises up, maybe an issue in your own life. And something God's word says challenges something in yourself. And suddenly you feel conflicted. And you're faced with this, you're like, man, if I want to live by God's word, I have to change. But I don't really want to change. And that persecution from within, that unwillingness to change, like the sun on a seed that has just begun to sprout, it just makes that seed shrivel up and die. And the little growth that has occurred is gone. The shallow heart is unwilling to pay a price, is unwilling to put in the work that is needed to produce fruit. And it becomes very happy with the superficial. You know, I heard a story once of uh, a violin, a young violin player learning, just learning to play. And he went to the, a concert of a world-renowned violin player, and he sat in the front row, and he listened to this violin, violinist play this music. And he was just captivated by it. And he watched it, and he, he studied what this guy was doing, and he sat there in awe as the violinist went from one piece to another, playing each one masterfully. And after the concert was done, this young man runs up to this, this violin player and he says, Sir, wow, that was amazing. I, I'm just starting to learn the violin and I, I want to be like you. I, I, would, I would give my life to play violin like you. And the older violinist looks at the young man and he says, Boy, I have given my life to play like me. And I don't know if you've ever taken music classes and you're, you're learning your scales on the piano and you... You, you realize that this is hard. You know, this takes work. You know, I, I actually have to practice every day to get good at this. Like, well, yes. And, and it can be like that in our Christian faith, that for actual growth to occur, for us to live out what we're reading in Scripture, there's a cost to it. We have to engage. We have to go out and do and not only hear the Word of God. The third heart condition that Jesus talks about is the thorny heart. This is a Christianity of conflicting priorities. And we read here in verse 22, As for what was sown among the thorns, 
This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Conflicting priorities. There's a battle going on in the soil for the nutrients. This is a heart that has received the word. And this is a heart that is, is understanding that, yeah, there's a, a cost I need to pay. And so they're investing. They're, they're paying that price. They're maybe experiencing trials and tribulation. But, you know, they're, with the help of the Lord, they're making through it. And the, the word is doing work in their lives. But neglected clutter has resulted in no fruit. You know, have you ever experienced conflicted priorities? You know, imagine working two jobs. Um, Jalene and I, back in 2013, had the privilege of, of recording a CD. Um, and I love that process, but there's something in that where uh, we were still working our full-time jobs while we were working on this project. And so when we got to certain crunch times in this project, you know, I'd be at work and my phone kept going off because there was questions about, um, just about all sorts of different things. And so I found myself throughout the day, and I'm framing a house at the time, working in Calgary. My phone keeps going off. I keep answering my phone. And I keep dealing with all these things that are coming up. And I remember my boss <laughs> kind of looking at me and being like, get rid of your phone. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Get off your phone. Get off your phone. But in that day, I, it was like I was working two jobs. And I couldn't actually fully give myself to carpentry, which is what I was getting paid to do that day. Um, I couldn't give myself to that and to this project at the exact same time. It just didn't work. And the result of that was I was very distracted at work and my job wasn't getting done. But then at the same time, this other project was suffering too. I was unable to give what was required and I was unable to accomplish this purpose because of my conflicting priorities. And so we see this with the thorny heart. And it's interesting when we look at the metaphor here of, of a seed in the soil. Because if you've ever kept a garden, you'll find that you, you find that you spend most of your time not tending to the plant itself, but you're actually, you're weeding and tending to all the other unwanted plants around it. You're pulling up what is stealing nutrients from the plants that you want to grow. And you're trying to cultivate an environment where growth is an obvious priority. And as a gardener, you want to see your plants thrive and grow. And this is the illustration that Jesus is pulling on. That for some of us, we can receive the word and we can hear something preached in the sermon and it, it, it hits our heart and we're like, man, that's so good. But then there's all these conflicting priorities. You know, Pastor Ken preached about this last week. Anxiety, fear, these things that make us almost doubt God, that really disorient us. These act as thorns which choke out the ability for God's word to be fruitful in our life. Jesus identifies that these weeds are, are things such as worry and deceitfulness, emphasizing to us the impact that worry can have on our Christian growth. Haddon Robinson has this great quote when speaking on worry, and he says, what worries you masters you. Can you relate to that? I know that I can. You know, different seasons in life where there's just that thing on your mind and you, you can't stop thinking about it. And what we don't realize is that this worry and the deceitfulness of riches, what it does is it, all these weeds start coming up and it chokes out the seed. And we can wonder why we feel discouraged 
in our faith or why we're struggling to, to move ahead in our Christian walks. The worries and the riches, they result in a very cluttered heart. Nutrients are robbed from what matters most, the fruit of the kingdom. And when the potential for growth, the potential for growth and life change is robbed. So I ask us this morning, how are you attending to the weeds in your life? How are you attending to the weeds? Are you giving the seeds of the kingdom an opportunity to grow healthily? Are you giving them the care that they need? Are you pulling the weeds out so that growth can occur? So those are the three heart conditions that Jesus lays out that aren't really conducive to growth. Things that hinder growth and fruitfulness. But Jesus goes on to talk about the good soil. We're going to call that this morning the prepared heart. Verse 23, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. And he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The good soil. Unlike the hard heart, this soil can, couldn't never be used as a path. For it's too soft, and, it, and it's available, and it's ready to receive. Unlike the shallow soil, the good soil is allowing for digestion of the word. It understands the demands of the word. It allows the roots to penetrate into the depths of the soil and to bring change no matter how painful. Unlike the thorny heart, this soil has been weeded. And it's been weeded not once, not twice, but very likely daily. Time and care has been given to ensure that this heart will give to Christ all that is required. Good soil, it takes work. Hard soil needs to be broken up. Shallow soil requires a bit of a transplant. And thorny and weedy soil requires the labor of weeding. Work is to be done. And that's kind of the season we're in as a culture. It's, it's a season of preparation. You know, again, there's a hustle and a bustle going on in our culture with the back-to-school sales. Um, you know, I, I listen to the radio quite a bit, and there's been all these different stories about children psychologists talking about, well, what's, what's the best lunch to pack for your child? And how does your child best learn? And we're very postured right now as a society to prepare ourselves for the fall. But again, I want to ask you, how is your heart? How is your heart? As we move into the fall here at TCC, we'll be, we're starting up our home groups again. We're launching Alpha. Um, there's a whole bunch going on. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you're feeling that your heart is a little hard. And there's maybe some misplaced priorities. You know, maybe Alpha would be a great thing for you to get engaged in. To surround yourself with, with other people who are, yeah, who are moving towards Jesus. And to put yourself in a position where you can slow down a bit and receive the word. Maybe you're feeling that your heart is a little bit shallow. And, and you, you're needing more accountability in your life. A home group would be a great place to, to go and, and sit and visit with other believers who are also being challenged by God's word. Who can, who can look at you and say, yeah, this is really hard. 
But let's, let's walk in this together. Let's walk in this together. Or maybe you're feeling that your heart's just really thorny and there's a lot. You're feeling burdened. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And you know, I encourage you to reach out. Ask for prayer. That was, that was Ken's big point last week, wasn't it? We can battle worry with prayer. And even after the service, there'll be people here available to you to, to pray with you. You could come to them and say, man, I got a thorny heart. You know, they'll know what it means. And they can pray with you. You know, I, I, I say this and I don't want you to be like, oh, well, he's a pastor, you have to say this. But, but I love God's word. I really do. And I, I don't love God's word because I'm supposed to love God's word. I, I, I love God's word because I believe that it's true. And I believe that, that God's word has a power to do a work in each and every one of our lives. That when we're experiencing anxiety, that, that God wants to speak to us peace. When we need joy, he's going to bring that to us through his word. And there's so much that we do here at TCC. Um, a theological term I'd use is it's the ministry of the word. Again, as we sing songs, we're ministering the word. As we sit around brunch tables and, and eat with one another and, and talk about who God is and what he means to, to me and what he's doing in my life, we're ministering the word to one another as we testify to what Jesus is doing. There's so many opportunities. But how is your heart? How is your heart? I'm going to call the worship team forward and just ask you, um, yeah, as we... As we kind of move forward in the service, how is your heart? Do you feel that it's hard? Do you feel that it's shallow? Do you feel that there are thorns crowding? Yeah, I just want to invite you to pray with me. Father God, it's, it is our desire that we would be hearing and understanding. Or that we would see and perceive Lord, that as, as your word says, that, that your word is, is profitable. Lord, that, that we may be complete. Lord, we desire to receive your word. We desire for it to do a work in our lives. Lord, for many of us this morning, we, we desire change. Lord, but that intimidates us. So Lord, I pray now that just by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would just do a work in our hearts. Lord, that you would reach out and till the soil. That you would help to weed the garden. God, that you would take shallow soil and just make it so deep. And God, that as we head into the fall, Lord, that we would be thinking of our hearts. Lord, that we would be posturing ourselves to receive from you all that you have for us. Lord, that we would pay attention to our hearts so that we can receive from you all that you have for us. And Lord, we continue now in worship just to say, Jesus, we love you. We love you. And God, thank you that this is a journey, that this is something that you, you walk with us in, that we are not left alone to our own garden to tend to it by ourselves, Lord, but that you are right there with us. Lord, we invite you to do that work. Jesus' name, amen.